0: What is forbidden in the Ninth Commandment? That is the question asked by Baptist Catechism number 83. And the answer is this repeat after me. The Ninth Commandment forbids, the ninth commandment forbids. Whatever, is prejudicial to truth whatever is prejudicial to truth or injurious to our own or, to our, own. or our neighbor's good name. And I would like to read Psalm 15 uh, this afternoon. Psalm of David. O Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent, he asks? Who shall dwell on your holy hill? He who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart, who does not slander with his tongue and does no evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend, and whose eyes a vile person is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord. Who swears to his own hurt and does not change. Who does not put out his money at interest and does not take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. So far a reading of God's most holy word. May he add his blessing to the preaching of it this afternoon. The ninth commandment is, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. And most basically, this commandment forbids lying, especially in witness-bearing, leading to the unjust treatment of our neighbor. But I think if we were to reflect more carefully upon this commandment, and if we were to consider all of the ways in which the Scriptures tease this commandment out, and by the way, that is what the Scriptures do. We have these Ten laws given to us, these ten words, they are a summary of God's moral law, but throughout the Scriptures we see these ten words teased out. That is especially true in the rest of the Pentateuch. More clarity is brought as to how it is we are to obey these laws, and certainly we see that Christ teases these laws out as well and shows us that we are to keep these commandments in thought, word, and deed. We see, therefore, that this commandment Uh, does more than just forbid us from telling lies, especially while under oath. But rather, this commandment forbids us from using our tongues in any way that is contrary to the truth. Brothers and sisters, we are to be men and women of the truth. We are to believe what is true, and we are to speak what is true, and anything short of this is sin. Anything short of this is sin. We need to reflect deeply upon this. There is a resource that I would like to introduce you to that might help us to think more deeply about what the Ninth Commandment forbids, and that is the Westminster Larger Catechism. Have you ever heard of the Westminster Larger Catechism? Uh, We use the Baptist Catechism, and we do this well because we are Baptists. And the Baptist Catechism is the Baptist version of another catechism called the Westminster Shorter Catechism which is beloved by our pato baptist and Presbyterian brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, the two catechisms, the Baptist Catechism and the Westminster Shorter Catechism, are very similar. But there is another catechism, beloved by the Presbyterians, called the Westminster Larger Catechism. It is called the Larger Catechism, why do you think? Well, because it is larger, it's bigger. Um, this larger catechism expands upon the questions and answers of the shorter catechism. Uh, to my knowledge, there is no Baptist version of the larger catechism, and so I will consult this larger catechism from time to time for additional insight into our catechism. It, it's very helpful, and maybe you would like to do the same. You know, um, What do I need to know about the, the Ninth Commandment? Well, go to our catechism, but another thing you can do, can do is go to the, to the larger catechism. A catechism, and to see what it has to say about the Ninth Commandment in, 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 our, in, in this case. And, and I would like to read you the answer to question 145 of the Westminster Larger Catechism, which asks, what are the sins forbidden in the Ninth Commandment? So the question is the same as the one that we are considering this afternoon. But the answer is much longer than the one given in the Shorter Catechism and in the Baptist Catechism. I find it helpful, though, and I'm going to read it to you. okay? And as I read it, you will see that it greatly expands our thoughts concerning what the Ninth Commandment forbids. It's very detailed. It's long. Some of the words are old words you know, that we're not as familiar with. But, but here, what the larger catechism has to say regarding what is forbidden in the Ninth Commandment. The sins forbidden in the Ninth Commandment are all prejudicing the truth, And the good name of our neighbors as well as our own, especially in public judicature, giving false evidence, suborning false witness, which means bringing or bribing false witnesses, wittingly appearing and pleading for an evil cause, outfacing and overbearing the truth, passing unjust sentence, calling evil good and good evil, Rewarding the wicked according to the work of the righteous, and the righteous according to the work of the wicked. Concealing the truth. Undue silence in a just cause. And holding our peace when iniquity calleth for either a reproof from ourselves, or a complaint to others. Speaking the truth unseasonably, or maliciously to a wrong end, or perverting it to a wrong meaning, or in doubtful or equivocal expressions to the prejudice of truth or justice, speaking untruth, lying, slandering, backbiting, tail-bearing, whispering, scoffing, reviling, rash, harsh, and partial censuring, misconstruing intentions, words, and actions, flattering, vainglorious boasting, thinking or speaking too highly or too meanly of ourselves or others, denying the gifts and graces of God, aggravating smaller faults, hiding, excusing, or extenuating of sins when called to a free confession, unnecessary discovering of infirmities, raising false rumors, receiving and countenancing evil reports, and stopping our ears against just defense, evil suspicion, envying or grieving at the deserved credit of any, endeavoring or desiring to impair it, rejoicing in the disgrace and infamy, scornful contempt, fond admiration, admiration, breach of lawful promises, neglecting such things as are of good report, and practicing or not avoiding ourselves or not hindering what we can in others such things as procure an ill name. That's a mouthful, isn't it? children, aren't you glad that we're not asking you to memorize the Westminster Larger Catechism, but the Shorter Catechism instead? I I decided to read that to you, knowing that I would stammer over some of the pronunciation and uh, maybe also test your your patience with me. Uh, But I decided to read that to you, because when I read it, my mind was greatly expanded concerning what it is, really, that the Ninth Commandment forbids. I think growing up in the church and being familiar with the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not bear false witness, uh, thou shalt not lie. Okay, um, got it. Don't tell lies. But when we begin to understand that no, I mean, this is teaching us that we are to use our tongues to promote what is true and, and we are to refrain from using our tongues, from promoting anything that is false, when you begin to apply that uh, to all of the circumstances of life, you begin to see that there are so many things that are forbidden, uh, by this this, this um, commandment, uh, the ninth commandment, we are to be about truth, and there are so many ways for us to not be about truth, but to be about falsehood. You see, um, and I think this larger catechism is is very helpful. I do appreciate, for example, the way that it says that we violate the ninth commandment when we hold our peace, when iniquity calleth for either a reproof from ourselves or a complaint to others. So if we see injustice in the world and we are in a position where we should speak to that and confront it, we should do so. We should use our tongues to speak truth into a situation where where it is called for. It is interesting also how we can so easily slip into sins of slander, speaking evil of another person or of backbiting, or of tail-bearing, whispering, and scoffing. You know, It's so easy for us to use our tongues in a vile way, to, to do damage to the reputation of another, you see. Um, we could even boast of ourselves in a way that is exaggerated and, and not true, and this is a violation of the ninth commandment. On and on I can go, I, I won't take the time to expand on all that the larger catechism says here, but I would encourage you to maybe go back to it yourselves, to look at question 145 of the larger catechism and to reflect on these things and to ask, am I doing any of this, you know? Am I using my tongue in a way that does not promote truth, but rather promotes falsehood? Um, And if it is so, to repent of that sin, I think you would agree that this is helpful uh, for us to consider. I'm reminded of what James says regarding the tongue. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also, though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder. If we are indeed in Christ, if we've been made pure by Him, then we must, we, we, should, we ought to produce good things in our life. And we ought to produce good and true things, even with our tongue. But the observation that he makes here is that it is our tongues that are most difficult to control. As we progress in sanctification, brothers and sisters, we, we cannot ignore uh, what the Scriptures call us to do with our tongues. Our, our tongues are to be under control, under our control and under God's control and we must labor at this also. Uh, Not only are we to control our actions but also our words which do in fact emanate from our thoughts and the condition of our heart. Uh, So brothers and sisters that is my appeal to you as we uh, consider now the the ninth commandment of this one last time. Uh, My appeal to you is to Uh, Work very hard at controlling your tongue and to trust in Christ for that. Work very hard at controlling your tongue and use it for the glory of God. Use it to promote what is true and never what is false and think carefully about what that means. Do not slip into some of these these sins that have been mentioned, sins of gossip or slander uh, sins of exaggeration. We are to speak the truth and only the truth for God has given us our tongues to be used uh, for, our, for our good, for the good of our neighbors and ultimately for His, His glory. Those who are in Christ and are growing in godliness will strive to bring their tongues under control. They will labor with God's help to use their tongues for good and not evil, to build up and not tear down and to speak truth and never what is false. And I say here, Lord, Help us in these things. I'd like to turn return briefly to Psalm 15 uh, before concluding this sermon. Uh, Psalm 15 asks a very interesting question, doesn't it? O Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who shall dwell on your holy hill? To state it another way: Lord, who can come into your presence and stay there? Who can approach you? And the answer that is given in Psalm 15 is um, very insightful but also very sobering. Who can approach the Lord and, and stand before Him? It's He who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks the truth in His heart. Who does not slander with His tongue or and does no evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend in whose eye a vile person is despised, who honors those who fear the Lord, who swears to his own hurt and does not change, who does not put out his money at interest and does not take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. So, so much of what is said in the psalm does involve the tongue, right? Who can stand before you, Lord? Well, those who are blameless, those who are pure in the whole of life, those who even use their tongues to, to, the, to the glory of God, who honor God with their tongues. And after reading Psalm 15, I might ask you this question well, who has kept this standard perfectly? Who has kept this standard perfectly? Who is the one who is worthy to dwell in God's presence and on God's holy hill? And if we were honest, we would say, it's not you or me, for we have violated this law in thought, word, and deed. Psalm 15 is about Christ, brothers and sisters. Christ is the one who is worthy to sojourn in God's tent and to dwell on His holy hill for He has kept this law perfectly. He is the one who is worthy and we are made worthy in Him by faith. We are able to come into God's presence and dwell in His presence only because of what Christ has done for us and in our place. And so, brothers and sisters, having been made worthy in Christ, let us now walk in a worthy manner and this will involve us honoring God in all things and even with our tongues. So what is forbidden in the Ninth Commandment? Well, in brief, the Ninth Commandment forbiddeth whatsoever is prejudicial to the truth or injurious to our own or our neighbor's good name. Let's bow together for a word of prayer. Father in Heaven, we thank You for Your law. And I do pray that You would help us to understand Your law and to apply it thoroughly. Father, as we study your law, I pray that none of us would be tempted to go the way of the Pharisees and to go the way of the self-righteous ones who think that they can come before you and stand in your presence and dwell in your tent and ascend the holy hill Um, because of our own righteousness. I pray that this law that we have been considering for a while now, that it would appropriately slay us, that it would put to death all self-confidence, that it would... Make us aware of how far we have come short of keeping this law and thoughtward indeed. Lord, I pray that that would be the effect. But for those who are in Christ, for those who have fled to Him for refuge, I pray that they would love Your law and that they would pursue to keep it out of gratitude for all You have done. Father, I pray that they would pursue to keep it not in their own strength, but with the strength that You so graciously provide for us. Oh Lord, help us to be people who love your law and who strive to keep it. For your glory, honor, and praise, and with your help, in Christ's name we pray. Amen.